just like you, Jesus. I want to pray like you. want to love like you. I want to look like you, just like you, Jesus. Welcome to Magnified Word Broadcast with Bishop Chris Quinston Addo, a son of the prophet, Darkie Wood Mills. Teaching the nations with signs, wonders, and prophetic manifestations, He's currently the senior pastor of the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Kaswa Nyinyano Kokraba. Now on today's message.
This is um, very important because there are seasons when God expects his children to know that he's blessing them but they should not concentrate on the things of this earth. And today my message is entitled Jesus and the Rich Fool. I should have preached on the crusade ground but I'm preaching in church because unfortunately there are some people who behave like the rich fool. And I have this song to sing just before I come forth with the word and I want you to listen. If you know how to sing it, you can join me in the name of Jesus. Ana sase daho jana enira Nani munyama wasisa boyumi Ana sase daho jana enira Nani munyama Sisabo, Urano Beba, O Beba, Beshe, O Beba, 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 Beba,
if you see somebody coming in a nice Benz and you see somebody riding a motorcycle, I'm sure you would immediately put a high value on the person in the Benz. Little would you know that the person who is driving the Benz has gone for a loan. But the one who is driving a motor is driving his own motor. And that's how life is. And that is why most of us would want to travel and go to America because your mind is that if I go to America, then my value has increased. Is it not so? That is why everybody is trying to get things. People want to have a new TV. You have an achacha TV, but you want a flat TV. You have a nice flat screen, but you also want a smart TV. We seem to always want to have things. So Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. So if you have many things, it doesn't mean that you are more valuable than somebody who does not have. I hope you are getting it right there. So, and he says that, and now he had to explain this statement. And he said in verse 16, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself. So, this, I can imagine this is a, gen- a gentleman who had gone to school, maybe had finished the university. Whilst he was in university, he was thinking about how to start a business. What business? Let me start some farming. And he started the farming. Now, it seemed like everything was working well. But you know, just like many of us, we start things and then somehow when the things are working, we seem not to remember that God is the one who has given you life. God is the one who has given you the idea. God is the one who has preserved you to even be alive to be able to take that decision. This was what happened to this young man. This young man was now thinking about his business, which is good. And he says that, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He was thinking. It was in his mind. Verse 18. And he said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my bands and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul and I will say to my soul I will say to my soul I will say to my soul you see one of these days I will start teaching on this series that would address the spirit the soul and the body you see I will say to my soul everybody has a soul if you are staying with your mother look at your mother and tell your mother mother my mother I have a, you have a soul <laughs> if your mother is also close to your mother look at your daughter and say my daughter you have a soul are you understanding that? He said that I and, and he said to himself, I will say to my soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease. Eat. So that's where the mistake starts from. Take thy ease. Eat. Drink. Be merry. Take thy ease. Eat drink and be merry. Verse 20, but God said unto him, all this time as he was thinking, God had not come in. But when he made those decisions in his mind, my brother, my sister, I want you to know that whatever you think about in your mind, God hears. You can be here and you can be listening to me and you are thinking of something that you think you alone knows. All you don't know is that God is hearing. God heard and God said unto him. I can imagine how God spoke to him. 
but Bible says that God said to him, whether it's audibly, whether God spoke to his mind, whether God spoke to his spirit, like I told you a few, few weeks ago about the voices, there are 12 kinds of voices. Whether God used the man of God to speak to him, I don't know, but it's not said here. But it said, But God said unto him, Thou fool. In my local language, when you say Okwasia, it's almost like you've insulted somebody. But you, the Bible describes this gentleman who was taking a decision in his mind about how to just make his business expand without God as a fool. He said, Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. And then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So the issue that I am discussing with you today has to do with you prospering and not being rich toward God. And what does it mean when we say being rich toward God? Because you see, a lot of you may be thinking that, oh, Bishop, me, I don't have money. I don't have this. But you have something. Whatever you have, have you been rich towards God? If you have a voice, is your voice being used for God or is it being used for foolish things? And that is why I'm going to give you six points to explain what I'm saying to you so that you can have the points. To, let me read from the NLT for you to understand better. It says that from verse 15, then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Verse 16, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Verse 18, then he said, I know I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. You know, this version shows us that now it has to do with wheat. Wheat. And I will sit back. So this is where the problem started from. The other version I read for you said, and I will be at ease. So being at ease, there are four things that make God speak. Here he says that, and I will sit back. So when you're somebody who sits back from getting involved with what God wants you to do, that is a problem. God will speak. I said God will speak. How come that you come to church and you always sit back? You don't get involved in anything. You just come and warm the chair and you go. No! You are almost like that fool. How come that Sunday morning when you have to come to church, you sit back and say, I am tired. I have been to work from Monday to Saturday. So Sunday is my resting day. Brother, sister, you are sitting back from God. You are a Oh, this man of God is assaulting me. Please, I'm just reading the Bible and explaining. I'm reading the Bible and explaining. <laughs> You're a fool. You're a fool. He said that I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. 
Now, take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So people who like to eat, all you, all you always want to do is to be eating. It's possible that you also are full. And it, this message is changing now. I mean, you, are, you, are, you, you always want to eat anything. Everything that comes your way, you eat. I mean, seven days, 24-7, you want to eat. It's not good. Look at somebody and tell your neighbor, it is not good. No, 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 no. How can you beat somebody who is always eating? You are eating this, even when your stomach is saying, please wait, please wait. You say, no, I want to eat more. I want to eat. There are some, look, sometimes you see some of the most smallish people are the people who eat a lot. That's my whole revelation I've seen on this earth. Sometimes you can see a very smallish brother and you think that he doesn't like food. But when you ask him, how many kinky balls would you want to eat? He'll tell you, give me seven. <laughs> and you see, and you, you get surprised. Eating, eating, and drinking. You like drinking. Alcohol. And he said, and be merry. There are some people to all they want is telling, let's go to the beach. Let's have some party. Let's have this. Always, they, they want to be fun, fun, fun. If you are like that, I can promise you that God is not happy with you. Because you see, those who follow Jesus, they are not supposed to be people who are to be fun, 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 fun. Jesus is not save you to have fun. When you read Philippians 1.29, it talks about the fact that it said that we have believed in him and we are also called to suffer with him. So our salvation requires us to understand that life will not be cozy. So this guy said, look, me, forget about this God thing. I want to be at ease. I want to eat. I want to drink. And I want to be merry. Yeah, I have worked and I'm enjoying it. Some people think like that. Look, let me work and then in my 60s, I'll, I'll be at ease. So, so, in other words, what we usually call pension is not something that God is happy about. Why do you pension? That's why a lot of people within two and a half years out, when they move into pension, they die. Proving facts. So, brother, don't pension now. Even if you, you have pension from your office work or whatever, keep doing something. Keep becoming relevant. Keep being active. God is not happy of people who say, me, I just want to eat and drink and be merry. I feel so sad when I see these young people. They have just finished GHS. SSS, they have finished school. I have finished school. Since when did you finish school? Since when did you finish school? Even those who have done their masters have not said they have finished school. No. But God said to him, and you see all these things, the people don't say it with their mouth. They think it. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. You see, I want you to know, those who are listening to me, that our lives are not in our hands. Growing up, I remember there was this secular song that I heard growing up. It said, um, it goes like, it's, it's my life. It's what you know it. You don't know it. In the name of Jesus, it's good. 
that's the song. It's my life, it's my life, it's my and then you see people jumping. What they are saying is that it's my life. Let me do whatever I want to do. Let me, let me, let me what? Let me happy myself. So you see young boys and young, they go to the pub, they go to discos, and then they do, 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 and then they are, they are blowing their life. It is my life. Daddy, you gave birth to me. Now it's my life. But you see, all those who talk like that, what they don't know is that it is not their life. None of us can say it is our lives. It is not your life. God has given you this life for a reason. Anybody who thinks that it is your life, you are pushing God to take you out. Because where did you come from? You came from him. So you must live for him. The apostle Paul said in Romans 14, 7 and 8, he said, if I live, I live for him. If I die, I die for him. He said, in all my ways, I will live for him. Are you listening to me? You know, so this guy, for him to say that, look, it is my life. I want to live for myself. God said, no, to, tonight, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you are working for? So, as you are, as you are there, whatever you are doing, if you are a student, let me let you understand today that you are a student because God has allowed you to be a student. He has allowed you to be a student. talking to somebody. If you're a worker, God has allowed you to be a worker. If you're a driver, you drive people from one town to another, it's God who has allowed you to do that work. Actually, King Solomon, one of the greatest on earth, says something that always strikes me so much. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, the last verse. Hmm. He says that, verse 19. Look at it. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Should I read it again? (laughs) Are you sure? He said that every man also to whom God has given riches. So it's not everybody that God gives riches. But every man that God has given riches or allowed you to be rich and wealth and has given him power to eat. Because you see, you can even have, but you don't have the power to eat. Like this guy that I'm reading about in Luke chapter 2. He had them, everything. But God said, you will not give you the power to enjoy it. And had given him power to eat thereof. You can be married, but you don't enjoy your wife. You can be married, but you don't enjoy your husband. Because the power to enjoy your wife or enjoy your husband is in the hands of God. I can imagine people are saying, wow. Yeah. You can, look, I'm going to be sharing deep things with you. Let me hurry up. <laughs> and he says that, and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Now when you continue in chapter 6 verse 2 he says that a man to whom God has given riches, wealth and honor so that he wants nothing for his soul of all that he desired. Yet 
God giveth him not power. So this is the opposite of chapter 5 verse 19. So this time God does not give him power to eat thereof. But a stranger eateth it. This is vanity. And it is an evil disease. So some people are also giving whatever. But God withholds from them the power to enjoy it. And that is why when you are a fool. God will allow you to have everything. But he will not give you the power to enjoy it. And that is common. A lot of people are working hard and put God aside. Today the message is targeted towards you beginning to put God first. Because you can go to America, a lot of people are abroad. You seem to be so busy that you put God aside. Abroad should not separate you from God. If God gives you money, I have seen it in my lifetime that a lot of people, when they don't have, they seem to love God. But when they begin to have, they give excuses. When you don't have a beloved, that's when you come to all night. But the day you have a beloved, when we say all night, you say, Bishop, I have to go and do contemporary for my beloved. In contemporary. Before you married, before somebody even proposed to you, you were just always going to come to church. You come early. You bring souls to church. You are a center leader. You are involved in the worship. When you praise time, you dance and everybody could see you were dancing. But now when you get married and then you come, you just lift up your finger with your ring. And then when we are dancing, you don't dance. All you are doing is that you are shaking that left hand so that that sister who is not married will see that you are married. Come up home. <laughs> and then we ask you that, oh sister, where are the souls? Say, oh, I couldn't come with any souls, Pastor. Why? Why? Because hmm, why? Because why has a long tail? Why? Because why? Because my husband wanted me to do some catechism, some something. So it took my time. I couldn't go for visitation. You have a lot of excuses. A lot of excuses. And such people, you see that now they are backsliding. They have put God aside. It's almost like your marriage has become a disease. It's almost like your, your, the blessing that God has given you has become a disease. It's become the, the reason why you cannot serve God. And it pays God. A lot of us, when we didn't have a room, you were just patching with your brothers and sisters in one room, six people in a room. You wake up and, and then in your small corner you're praying with the prophet. But now, when God blessed you, you had a three-bedroom house. Even when the alarm is blowing, he said, keep quiet there. You shut the alarm off. What I'm saying, is it not true? Yeah. And God knows us and says, hey, these people. And that is one of the reasons why God is careful to bless us. It's one of the reasons. Because we seem to always put God aside. We are not rich toward him. And this guy, the reason why Jesus had to give this parable is because he wants us to learn from him. Now he wants us to learn from him. Yeah. Let's not think that we are about this guy. We can easily walk in the same shoes and on the same road. So can you handle it if God blesses you? If God gives you a nice husband, you have a nice home, you have a nice car, everything's still working. Would you still come and then you are doing rehearsals? You are involved with all the Can you? 
tell you, I've seen it before. In my early days of marriage, when I was in the mission field in Uganda, I remember my wife had just come and by the grace of God she was pregnant. And then one, one particular night, I had to go for all night and she wasn't too well. And she said, baby, so I, are you leaving me? And I said, you know, the church is not grown yet. There's nobody who can actually handle and they are expecting me. And she said, so are you leaving me? And, I said, and it was a battle for me. Like, I felt like leaving her, I was doing something bad. And I also felt like not going to the church. I was, also, I was torn. And I said, Lord, this decision, I will choose to leave my wife. And I chose to leave my wife. And I said, I pray that nothing bad will happen to you. And I left. Initially, it was like, you have left me. But over time, she began to understand that, look, I had to go. Because when I went, the people who were more, who were God's children, who were not as mature as she was, who were expectant for God to move through that night, as I led them through prayer, miracles that happened. It was something else. The presence of God. The deliverances. The testimonies. Later, when I came home, my wife had slept. And she was fine. But you see, I believe that everybody will come to that junction where sometimes you have to choose between rich towards God or you just want to be happy. It's frightening. And so I want to go through some few points. Just write it down. We are in church. Are you ready? I I feel like before I give you the points for for my ministers to just minister a song for you to be blessed so that your heart will be softened, you know, for what is coming. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Sing it to the Lord, O oh my soul. Sing it to Jesus. Worship His holy name. Yes. Sing.
a fool because he did not remember that prosperity and blessings come from God. He was called a fool. Ishmael, he was called a fool. And he will also be called a fool because he did not remember grace that prosperity and blessings come from God. And I don't want you to forget that prosperity comes from God. And it starts from the fact that you have life is God who gives you life. You, you see, some people say, Oh, eh, I don't believe in God. And you know, whether you, you believe or you don't believe, it is God who has kept you. God who has kept you from when you were a baby, who knew nothing, to when you can't, you cannot think for yourself. It comes from God. James 1 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above. So if you are alive, it's a good gift, it's from above. And it cometh down from the Father of lies with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's a scripture I want you to look at in Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. So when you find yourself set up, it is God who has allowed it to be so. Maybe you did not consult him. Maybe you didn't pray for it, but it is God who has allowed it to be so. If God had not stepped in to preserve you and protect you, Satan is the enemy of God. He doesn't like anything good. Jesus helped us to understand who Satan is. He said, he's called a thief. He said, a thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So Satan is there to steal from you. He's there to kill. He's there to destroy. So if your life is not destroyed, your crops are working, now you see that there's a bumper harvest. It can only be God. So why do you put God aside? How come that you are, you are working in the secular world, God is blessing you, you have been promoted recently, and then you put God aside. You don't give your tithe. You don't give offering. You don't support anything in church. I'm speaking to you. You are like a fool. Two. Why was he called a fool? He's called a fool because in his earthly prosperity, in his earthly prosperity, 
he was not rich towards God. He was called a fool because in his earthly prosperity, he was not rich towards God. And I can tell you that's the pattern of so many people who become rich on earth. That they are not rich towards God. Abla, what do you think? Yeah. It's so sad. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There's this story that the prophet Dag once shared about the millionaire and the pastor. The millionaire, a millionaire and his pastor. <laughs> May you be a millionaire. You see, so as you are saying amen, it begins to work. You must reach toward God. said, ah, so where are the choristers many years ago? Where are the choristers? When they get married, they don't join the choir again. When they get married, it was almost like marriage was the uh, uh, what is it called? The the exit um, the our day. <laughs> when when, when, when it, it, eh? when you're in school, you're finishing school, what is it called? Graduation. It's like marriage was the graduation. When you are getting married, it's the graduation from the choir. It's serious. You really will see people who get married, even though they are physically strong and all. You really will see people get married who are still in the dancing stars. You really will see people get married who are still choristers. You really see people who, are, who get married who still come to church and dance during praise and worship. Ah, it's almost like marriage is a graduation. You really will see people who have a car who are ashes. <laughs> but how beautiful it is for God to bless us that we still are rich toward Him. You have your nice car and you still drive to church and you are an usher. You come and clean the floor. What a humble usher. Wouldn't that even make people love God the most like wow the manager of this company and he's the one yes he's the one he's the one Asha yes he's the one why are you sure in this church everybody's everybody everybody's nothing too how beautiful it is people have gotten married and they still sing they come for rehearsal oh my god may that be our story and this thing is in the mind and it's in the heart he said that I'm talking about this story about the millionaire and the pastor. One day a pastor visited a millionaire in his home. That's why sometimes pastors must be careful. Because when you're visiting, it can easily look like, especially the rich people, it's like you're coming to my house because you want something. But usually it's not so. So this rich man had not been visited for a while. The pastor decided to visit. He visits him after having supper, a nice meal that could be served to queens and kings. This millionaire took the pastor to his rooftop to have some fresh air and enjoy the magnificent view in his house. I can imagine maybe he was living in about a house that has about 20 acres. You can't imagine it. 
It has a huge, and then the house is big with dogs, with giraffe, with lions, with monkeys, with porcupines, <laughs> with crocodiles. I tell you, there are people who have such houses. So, yeah, you go to Nigeria and see. I'm sure you're in Ghana here, crap. And as they stood together in the open air, the millionaire took the pastor by the hand and he said, Pastor, <laughs> and he walked with him to the northern side of the rooftop and he said to the pastor, as far as your eye can see in this direction, and he pointed to the north, these are my forest reserves. And the pastor was shocked and said, Wow. Somebody said, Wow. <laughs> You know, there are some blessings when you see. You have nothing to say, but you just say, wow. I mean, if you go and visit somebody and the person just opens a cupboard and you see dollars. Hey. Oh, look, all that you can say is what? Wow. What a shock. A trunk full of dollars. If somebody comes and gives you a check and the check has $20,000 as your marriage gift. What will you say? Wow. May that be your portion. So the person said, wow. And usually when you say wow like that, especially when it's not yours, you can be thinking <laughs> I wish then the millionaire pointed to the south. And said, everything in this direction are my oil fields. And he asked the pastor, I'm sure you can see the drilling rigs from here. And the pastor again said what? Wow. Then the millionaire pointed to the east because the wow was making him feel good. And he said, pastor, look at the east. (laughs) And said, in this direction are my soybeans, my corn and wheat plantations. This is a vast investment. And the pastor said what? Wow. Then he turned to the west and said, all the houses in this direction are my real estate investments with over 1,000 houses.
Yeah. Hmm. What do you think about that? That's what the pastor said. Wow. And he said, you are a real magnet. And the interesting thing is that the man was expecting the pastor to say something. <laughs> so he looked at him. He turned to the pastor. And the pastor also turned to the man. And he asked him an important question. Do you want to know the question he asked? Are you sure you want to know the question that he asked? And it's a question that God is asking you through me today. To you. He said, you have so much towards the north. You have so much towards the south. You have so much wealth towards the east. So much prosperity in the west. But, do you have anything in this direction? And he started pointing upwards. Do you have anything in this direction? Pointing up towards the study sky. Do you have anything towards this direction? Pointing towards the starry sky. The atmosphere that I could imagine was just smiling. The atmosphere was smiling. Sometimes when you look into the atmosphere, you can see that the clouds are formed. You can almost like see a face that is smiling. Yeah. And the millionaire was taken aback. That night the millionaire realized that he was not rich towards God. He had a lot of investments like most of us have. What are you using your beauty for? You're always shaking your hair. You're just shaking your hair. What are you using the hair for? Why don't you use this nice hair to act in a, a, a film stars for church? You have a nice bombs. What are you using the bombs for? I am asking a question. What are you using the bombs for? You are using your bombs to confuse brothers. Instead of instead of instead of trying to use your bombs to act for the Lord. Don't ask me questions in your mind. What are you using your money for? You have television, you have second television, you are planning to buy another bigger one. And the t- the church doesn't have any. I mean, are we not like that? It's almost like church, the church is for the pastors. The church is not for any pastor. Currently, I am in a place called Nyanya no Kakraba. I don't know how long I'll be here. I may move the next week. <laughs> Before I came, the pastor that used to be here was didn't think he was to be moved within a short time. And that's how it works. So, don't think permanency. Don't think that, look, for me, that is it. I don't have anything to God. No. He was yet another rich fool who had amassed treasures on earth but was not ready to meet his God. Let me give you point number three. He was a fool because he thought he would live forever. He was a fool because he thought he would live forever. Hmm. Hey. Ishmael, have you heard of this scripture before? First Samuel 23. First Samuel 23 get into the B is that truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth there is but a step between me and death there is 
I'm speaking like somebody from Ethiopia. There is but a step between me and death. The truth of the matter is that every one of us, there's a step between us and death. Death is very close. I have experienced death six times. Car accidents. Satan hitting me down physically. Spirit of death coming in the realms of the spirit to arrest me. Different times. I know what I can smell death. One day I was playing the keyboard in church, one of the churches I pastored. I was playing the keyboard as somebody was ministering. And then I smelled of death. And the Lord immediately spoke to me. The son, two people are going to die in this church this week. I said, Lord, why? So one boy, one girl. So we prayed against it. Lord, deliver. Unfortunately, Monday, this was Sunday, Monday, the gentleman died. By 6 a.m. he was dead. So you ask yourself, so did the prayer work? Apparently the prayer work, but he was stubborn. And what should it have happened, happened. And that same Monday in the afternoon, one of our sisters was nearly knocked to death by an ambulance and a car. A, 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 what is it called? One of these four-wheel drives that crashed in front of the bank. The ambulance was on the top speed. And then this truck was, this four-wheel drive was coming out of the bank. And the security man didn't, couldn't get the driver of the truck, the, the four-wheel drive to just stop because the screens were up. So she entered. This was a lady who was driving. She entered into the road and the ambulance just bang, and the cars were just moving. It knocked people including this daughter of us in the church. And that was when we realized that God has saved us. So between us and death is just a step. Look at your neighbor. If there's somebody close to you, and tell your person, death is close. Be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. You see, even if death does not come, Jesus can also come. That's how our minds must work. Brothers and sisters who are listening to me today, I'm just cautioning us. You know, we are here temporarily as strangers on this earth. Everything you have. It's just for you to enjoy and then with God as your focus. If you enjoy without God, that's where you are full. So God will even want to show you how to enjoy what he has given you. Hmm. Me as a person, God shows me how I should use my money. He say, send this, give this, sow this, give this. It used not to be until about three or four years ago that I had to accept that God, even when it comes to how to disperse my money, I'm ready. And he teaches me, he directs me. Money comes to me and money goes. As I went. And that's how you want to do for everybody. That's, that's, that's what it means by I surrender all. I surrender all.
So surrender all. Number four, why was he called a fool? Because he made plans that did not include God. Because he made plans that did not include God. I'm about finishing. The rich fool made many projections and plans without considering God. And I believe there are a lot of you who are listening to me. You make plans without considering God. Oh, it's almost like you only bring God in when he has to do a church. But any other thing, oh, this one day, why should God be? I mean, I'm going to see a friend. I'm going to see my doctor. I'm going to buy bread. This morning, I feel like buying cocoa. Why should God leave me? <laughs> but <laughs> No, every step you take, if you want to dress to wear, God is interested. verse 13 and 14, there's this powerful scripture that says, go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life, what is your life what is your life it is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanishes away I know of this gentleman who wanted to by all means go to America. He had a pastor. He was not a serious person in church. And when he went to tell the pastor, pastor, there's some connection with me that has worked for me. I have to go to America. And the pastor said, I don't sense in my spirit that you have to go. So pastor, it has worked at home. And the pastor said, I still don't sense you have to go. Because it looks like Forced his way the following week, he was out Saturday. He arrived, he arrived in America in New York, and his friend picked him up. The friend was in Los Angeles, and then they arrived at night at home. And he said, The friend said, Oh, this Sunday, yet the following day, because my friend has come from Ghana, I don't have to go to church. I just want to take him around and then see the city. So, this friend who has been in America for a while. Took this friend who had just come from Ghana to America, who the pastor said he shouldn't go in his car, and they started driving. They had gotten to a major traffic light in LA, Los Angeles, and then there was this traffic light showing red on the other side. They were they were they were had green on, so they were supposed to move, but on the other side was red, and there was this big truck coming. Instead of the truck to have stopped, the truck moved and crashed into them. And the guy who has been in America for a while died instantly. And this guy who had gone from Ghana to the place just less than 24 hours. Both legs were amputated. And you ask yourself, was it it worth going? And that's how most of us are. God can sometimes see what is ahead. That if you could allow him, he would tell you no. 
that is like, oh, I could feel do. Waiting man who see before. I on self man the chew. Uh-huh. Gary self man the chew. River self man the cross. The grapher, the grapher. What can come? Can come. No, what can come should not come if you shouldn't come. Talking to somebody. And number five, why was this guy called a rich fool? He was called a fool because he was not prepared to meet his God. He was not prepared to meet his God. He was somebody who was thinking, look, I have more years. I won't die now. I always say that when you go under every tree, at least you see three types of leaves. You see the green leaf, you see the yellowish leaf, and you see the brown leaf. And that is symbolic of the different generations. Assume the green leaf to be first when you were born up to 25 years. You see that age group also die. You see the 26 years up to 50 years also die. You see the 51 up to the 75 years also die. We cannot die. So you can't just be living your life that, oh me, I'll serve God when I'm in my 50s. Young boy, you're listening to me 16 years. You're playing around. You think that, oh Charlie, you know be if my time that, Charlie. No, take your time. Take your time. Because you don't know when it could happen to you. This guy was not prepared to meet his God because he thought everything was okay. I am not sick. I go to the gym. I have everything. I have my phones. I have my laptop. I have my car. Everything was working. My business is booming. Hey, you can have all those things, but you'll be shocked that you can die in the midst of that. Why? Because it's God who gives you power to enjoy all that he has. In Amos chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible says, that, Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. Israel was God's people. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. And the last point, and I'm done in two minutes. The last point, which is point number six, why this guy was called a rich fool, was because he did not prepare his soul for eternity. He did not prepare his soul for eternity. Brother, sister, that's why we started by singing this tree song which is a song of scriptures that is Revelation 12, 11 to 15. He said that, and we shall stand before him. Both the, the, the dead, the great and the small, and the sea shall give up the dead in them. All of us will stand before him. You must always think eternity. Because you truly you also look at your mother. Where is your mother? Some of us, our mothers are dead and gone. Look at your grandmother. Look at your father, your grandfather, your great great grandfather. They are all gone. So there's coming and tell you to you go. So why don't you think like that? Look at houses that are around. Some of them when they were built, it was so nice. But after 10 years, the cracks. Look at how now it's become an issue. If you're among the family members, oh, everything is dying. Everything is getting off. Everything. Look at you. You used to be fresh. Look at how now you are complaining about your waist, your back. Your, everything is dying. So you will die. So think eternity. That is why the guy was a fool. So if you are, if you are listening to me and you don't think like that, then you must change your mind. Because else Jesus sees you as a fool. Close your eyes and let's pray. Jesus. Would you want to pray and say, God, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. I've not been rich toward you. I've withheld from you. 
Some of you have nice voices, but because you are angry with the sister who is in the choir, he said, This choir, me, I won't join. And you are sitting at home with your voice. Whereas that voice could have made a difference in the choir. Some of you are skillful in things in the church that if you were to come and get involved, it would advance the church. But because of something that you think, Oh, this thing, I won't do it. You are just like this guy who is a fool. He's just thinking about himself. And God says, wow, I can take your life now. But I'm praying for you now. That God will show you mercy. God will show you mercy. He loves you so much. That's why he's brought today's message to you. He has sent a prophet to come and speak a word of salvation unto you. In the name of Jesus. Pray this after me, everybody who is listening to me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my evil ways. Please forgive me of my evil ways. I refuse to be like this rich fool. I refuse to be like this rich fool. From today, from today, I made this confession. I made this confession that I will be rich towards God. That I will be rich towards God. I will surrender all to Jesus. I will surrender all to Jesus. Father, use me. Father, use me for Your glory. For Your glory. For everything I have. For everything I have. You gave them to me. You gave them to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For hearing my prayer. For hearing my prayer. Now, if you have listened to me and you are not born again, it's an opportunity to take this decision. Because without giving your life to Jesus, which has been born again, if you die, the Bible says that you go to hell. But why would you want to go to hell when there's an opportunity to go to heaven? Before you go to any country, you need what we call a visa. If you don't have a visa, you cannot go. In the same way, if you have to move from one place to another, you need something that will give you that permit. If you want to move from earth to heaven, you need that permit. And that permit is what we call born again. When you become born again, you get the Holy Spirit reside in you. He seals your heart. He stamps your heart. It's called the seal of redemption. Because when you become born again, then Jesus will say, Holy Spirit, go and endorse this person's heart for me. And that's how, when you die, you become, you find yourself going to heaven. Would you want to do that now? Just say this after me. I don't want those who are here with me in the church. Say this, say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Of all my sins. Of all my sins. I confess you. I confess you. That you are the son of God. That you are the son of God. You came from heaven. You came from heaven. To earth. To, to die for me. To die for me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I accept you. I accept you. As my savior. As my savior. My Lord. Lord and my master. And my master. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. And be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. From today. From today. I am born again. I am born again. I will serve you. I will serve you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Satan. Satan. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. From today, from today, I am no longer your servant. I am no longer your servant. You are no longer my master. You are no longer my master. Jesus has set me free. Jesus has set me free. And I am free indeed. I am free indeed. Thank you, Father, for saving me and for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. As we close, I want you to know that God loves you. Now He wants you to use your life meaningfully, serve Him. Some of you can sing, you can dance, can do something in church. Use your money. Use everything that God gives you. One thing I can say as a testimony, as you give your life to God, you become rich towards Him. He even blesses you with more. 
because now you become a channel of blessing. May the Lord bless you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. May He give you grace even this season in Jesus' mighty name. Keep listening and keep watching Magnified Word broadcast all the way from the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Nyanya Nukakraba. Very soon you see us on YouTube. God bless you. I believe you've been blessed for listening to this powerful message. For prayers and counseling, contact the following numbers. 0273-240-449-0540-774941. Stay blessed. Like you